This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform. I am sitting here with Eat Perform coach Sarah Storber Kumar. Is it Kumar Storber? Why do I always mess that up? You hate saying that. It's Storber Kumar. Storber Kumar. I couldn't decide. Yeah. I couldn't decide which last name to keep or go. Didn't want kids to feel left out, so everybody's last name is mine. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> The, uh, yeah. Now we know we know a little bit more about the mystery that is Sarah. So, um, just for everybody that doesn't know, we have a group of Eat Performers on. This is our fundamentals classes, and you get this with a basic membership. And what's nice about it is it gives a lot of the people that are just kind of coming in, you know, the opportunity to ask us questions. And kind of get the ball rolling in the right direction. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's all they need. So that's kind of a cool way of doing things. Um, we actually do have questions starting to line up right now. What I would ask people, you know, is if we could just sort of stick with one question um, and then kind of work from there. And then if we have more time, then we'll you know, kind of go into um, kind of a back and forth way of doing it. But I want to make sure that everybody's questions are getting asked yeah. and answered in the beginning. And so, so pick your best question. <laughs> well, yeah, it will, you know, we'll be able to probably follow up with it. But I'm just saying, because yep. not everybody that's on the call, you know, has like a list of 16 questions. Right. So, okay. Sarah. You're right. Yes. Okay. Hera. This is your question, Tara Schultz. I'm wondering how to figure out my rest days. What makes up a rest day? I do strength training on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. CrossFit Tuesday, Thursday. I hit Planet Fitness for cardio on Saturday and Sunday. Maybe I'm doing it all wrong. Well, first of all, we don't need to read everyone's last name because <laughs> um, if they're in the witness protection, we don't want to, you know, we don't want right. to mess that up Sorry. for you. Sorry, Tara. Um, but, yeah, I mean, are you doing it wrong? You know, I wouldn't say that you're doing it wrong necessarily. But what I would say is that you're really not allowing for some level of cycling. I mean, a big part of Eat Perform is, is to have enough carbohydrates for energy. And in your situation, I would probably have some carbohydrates most days, right? But... I would look at some of these lower volume days um, and, you know, for you, the strategy, you know, are you doing it wrong? Um, I would argue that you probably are doing it a little bit wrong from the standpoint that you may be overdoing it a bit and you might be under recovered, you know. Now, for all I know, you're 23 years old and you're about to go to the CrossFit Games, right? So in that in that situation, you wouldn't be doing it wrong, you know. But my concern with people in general is that they're not working out at 100% um, the good majority of the time, and in that instance, you know, um, you know, she's kind of giving me a few more details. She's saying that she's 47 years old. Um, I think the, the problem that you're going to run into is you're either going to get sick or hurt a fair amount, you know, because I can tell you that that's what most people's experience is, is they burn the candle at two ends 
and they're just in a super, super hurry to lose a lot of weight, right? And at the end of the day, I don't know, but there's, there's, there's two or three, uh, I don't know, have you heard about the drinking games? The drinking games? Yeah, like there's some cliches that, that I use fairly often that people are using as a drinking game. And in, yeah, no, just the, that you call me the wino. Yeah, at the end, I know that. yeah, at the end of the day, I think, is one of the drinking games. Um, so feel free to have a glass of wine um, when I say at the end <laughs> oh. of the day. Oh, yeah. No, I did hear about that. Yeah. And so, you know, part of the process... You know, would I like to see your volume go up? Absolutely. You know, um, I also, you know, Tara's giving me a little bit more specifics. You know, I don't really need to go into what those specifics are for the purpose of this call. But I really don't like the idea of saying I have X amount of pounds to lose and that X amount of pounds is a high number. I sort of like people going from the standpoint of I have X amount of pounds to lose and that X amount is five pounds because what happens at that point is you can, you know, you know, bite the elephant off in chunks and then ultimately kind of land in a better spot, you know, than you were previously. If you, you know, when you throw out a big number, it almost works like a wish. You know, and it, you know, it, it seems almost unobtainable. And so kind of what she's talking about in terms of like the level of work that she's trying to do. I mean, that's basically you, what you're basically doing is kind of like the biggest loser approach, right? Where you're probably eating as little as possible for the good majority of the time. And then you're um, doing a ton of, you know, mostly cardio type stuff. Now she did mention the strength training. I would definitely right. keep most of your carbohydrates and high energy days around your strength training because that's going to be more favorable for your metabolism. Um, the days that you could cycle a little bit if you're going to stay active are your um, your your cardio days, kind of like you were saying with the Planet Fitness, and and maybe even the CrossFit days, depending on what we're talking about. You know, if it's like a huge volume and you know, you're going to have to listen to yourself, um, to listen to your body, because if you don't, like I said, you're going to get sick or injured. What my suggestion would be is to try and come up with some happy medium where you're working out somewhere in the neighborhood of about five days. And if you want to add in two days where you're kind of going on hikes, walks, you know, things of that nature, you know, mm -hmm. go right ahead. Personally, I was sort of like you. When I first started off, I was doing kind of three on, one off kind of thing. And I was always kind of not 100%. And when I started going to more of a four days with some hiking, some walking, that was a better approach for me. And, you know, I think that for you, you know, trying to kind of stabilize for a bit, um, where your work capacity is going up because you're eating an adequate amount for what you do, you can get away with a little bit more volume as long as you know, you're not necessarily trying to lose a ton of weight in that scenario, right? Um, but if you're trying to lose weight systematically, 
using the better math that ultimately you'll get by having that that work volume, then that's a good thing. But like I said, you're sort of trying to mix two things at once. And ultimately, I think you'll sort of struggle finding out the magic spot that way. You know? Yeah. I mean, any thoughts I, on I what I'm saying, say Sarah? Too, what was that? Any thoughts on what I'm saying? Well, just that I, I know that it's a struggle sometimes for CrossFitters to break away and kind of wean themselves off of they've got to do what's exactly, you know, they've got to go in and do the 20-minute wad where I think if you're lifting, doing your strength training Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's an excellent plan for gradually awesome. If your CrossFit day is on Tuesday and Thursday, if you go into just wad and say less than 10 minutes, you know, and you're not going all out, those are good recovery days. I mean, you're, you're building your burn, but you're not going – you know, crazy all out. It's less than ten minutes. I would say that's a perfect recovery day. And I, I would do that say a lot. Yeah, and I would say that you know, if you go to CrossFit and you CrossFit at 70 percent, you know, um, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. You know, um, I'm not saying that you should do that every single time, but if you want to stay active, you want to get to the gym. You know, one of the things that I do, especially if um. If I'm in like a performance-focused fat loss cycle or something like that, I will do more of like the the women's weight, you know. And if you're if you're a female, you you can exactly, like just yeah. multiply by 0.66. Um, but what that allows me to do is kind of go at 60 to 70 percent, make it more of a cardio type workout. And then, like Sarah's saying, now if you do 20, 25 minutes like that, well, it's not a rest day. Right. Right. And ultimately what you'll be digging, doing is digging a super hole. That's the concern that I have is that you're just mm -hmm. trying to pull off the bandaid too quickly and, and you want to be careful of doing that. Right. So Teresa. Teresa. <laughs> Hello. First question for someone who has limitations regarding the amount of weight she can do during her training days. Does that impact the amount of calories recommended for intake since the energy expenditure is not as much as a training day should be? Well, frankly, I don't agree with that. Um, if you look at something like a you know 10-mile run day, you know where you're just going at a walk-run pace, you're going to burn a lot more than you would be if you were weightlifting on a day like that. Right. So that would be an example where your you know, question isn't really super relevant, you know, to the to the topic at hand. Um, what I think is probably more relevant to most of you guys is that if you're coming from an under eating background or even kind of a non intuitive background or uh, where you've been eating intuitively, a lot of times you'll you'll have under eating without knowing it um now here's good news right because a lot of people come to us and they say well you know i'm pretty sure i've been overeating well good you know then <laughs> then let's start eating at your total daily energy expenditure and see if you lose weight right and and they go well i'm eating at my total daily energy expenditure and i'm not losing weight well that means that you aren't overeating Right. You know, and that's that's a basic equation that a lot of people don't make in their head. And so what happens is and kind of like addressing your question in a sideways way is that 
your metabolism gets compromised as you kind of make these changes and you, you know you don't make you know like for instance when you talk about lifting heavy weights you know you can do air squats you can do push-ups you can do knee push-ups you can do a lot of different things that don't require weight training but do allow for a little bit of resistance training and so you know the idea of eat to perform is based on total daily energy expenditure um total daily energy expenditure we're trying to estimate kind of where you're at and then you know there's a little bit of a of a playing factor there right where we have to kind of see well if you don't know how many calories that you've been eating you know let's let's kind of try and figure out where your metabolism is let's try and bump that up a little bit typically like we said in Tara's example you know we like having more food around the days that you're doing resistance training and the reason being is we like to load up that muscle so it's more useful and so you end up being you know um, you have longer uh, longer and better work capacity as a result mm -hmm. so I saw she okay. had some follow-up yeah she said that her limitations are due to a previous injury to an old injury I mean the, um, the thing about the thing about a previous injury you know and, and injuries in general and we're, I'm just gonna add on to that so you've got all the information her issue is that she needs to reduce fat she said her muscle has been increasing but the fat deposits are not is my body fat percentage play a role here um well it, it doesn't it doesn't I mean the the problem that you run into is that when you put you know the fat loss so far ahead of everything you know you you're what you're telling me is is that you have an injury and that decreases your work capacity right that's going to decrease your metabolism and it's going to decrease what you can do and so therefore that's going to decrease your ability to mobilize fat right what we know is that the more athletic somebody is, the better they, they, they can burn fat at rest. And that's ultimately what we're trying to get you guys to be able to kind of do. And, and, and it's not like a process where we like flip a switch, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to solve kind of a difficult puzzle for you. But, you know, the, you know, the starvation um, way of losing fat my guess is you kind of been down that road, you know, multiple times, right? I mean, this probably isn't your first, um, you know, fat loss, you know, product that you've ever bought, right? So what I'm saying to you is no matter what your limitations are, let me give you an example of a limitation that I have. You know, well, I have a number of limitations. <laughs> um, the uh, one, you know, I have almost no flexion in my ankle. Um, in my right ankle and I have a really bad left shoulder and so rather than going I have a really bad left shoulder and it stops me from doing something or I have a really bad ankle or and it stops me from doing something what I tend to do is I try and strengthen up the areas around that and in general I can get away with a lot of stuff like as an example for someone with a you know bad ankle you would think that I wouldn't squat all that much I can squat 315 you know now you know compared to my deadlift my squats not that big you know but at the same time 
I didn't use that as a way of not increasing work capacity. And, and, and I'll just tell you, you know, the work capacity route to fat loss is not like super clear. You know, it's not like you're going to flip a switch. But as an example right now for myself, um, you know, and I've been talking about this a lot in these classes lately. A lot of people want to diet when it gets cold. And, mm -hmm. you know, when it's in January and February, when you naturally are going to be inside more and it's going to be cold and, and stuff like this. My argument to a lot of those people who might have put on 5, 10 pounds, you know, in those scenarios, and I'm definitely one of those people right now, mm -hmm. um, is that let the volume come back first. We're always going to be talking to you guys about the volume first, you know, and the reason why we do that is because volume is always favorable to metabolism. If you put the fat loss first before we know all the pieces of the puzzle, well, we potentially can mess with a bunch of pieces of the puzzle. But if we put the if we put the work first, and let's say that that you know that increased work causes you to lose say five to ten pounds, well now we know the work kind of matters there, right? Mm -hmm. And then we then we also in that process, you know, you're eating an adequate amount for what you do. Your calories are typically higher. Your your metabolic math is a little bit better. So if we ever want to use that metabolic math then, you know, we can kind of, you know, we'll be coming from a place of enlightenment rather than a place of just like, well, you know, I know last time I was dieting, I did 1,500 calories, and since I now have more fat than I used to have, I've got to go down to 1,100 calories. And, you know, like, like you know, I seem to say, you know, I mean, I don't know if like Dr. Phil is incorporated or not. So I hope I don't run any problem with Dr. Phil's people. But like, how's that been working for everybody? You know what I mean? Because it wasn't working great for me, you know, and, and that's ultimately how Eat Perform started. And then when you really start, in, and I, I hope you guys are listening to all the podcasts that we're doing, when you really start to break down the science of it, Kind of the science of starvation, not so sciencey, right? The science mm -hmm. of what we're talking about, though, there's a lot of basis for it. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Next one. All right, Risa, a different Risa. I've been tracking my macros for a week now and doing well, hitting the right numbers. I haven't really timed them for workout yet. It's hard to get the right food at the right time because I teach morning and evening fitness classes. I use my double days as my training days and my, and my day off or single class as my recovery days. Any tips on certain foods that are the right combo to just cram in before or after a class to make sure I eat the right macros within my hour? Well, okay, so Teresa's bringing up a great point, right? There are times kind of similar to what we were talking about with Tara where there is not an option to not be active. It's your job, you know? And so I like her strategy. It's it's very consistent with what we talked to Tara about where mm -hmm. you sort of use kind of those low days as the recovery days. And then when you can find time to, um, you know, kind of pull the reins back, definitely yeah. do that, you know? Um, in terms of cramming in food, you know, the, the, you know, bars, um, certainly protein shakes, things of that nature, you know, uh, protein shakes, 
you know, in general, I don't love them. You know, that's not something that I use a great deal, but I can, I can, you know, space out my meals a little bit better than a lot of you guys can. And so, um, from that perspective, a protein shake would work. You know, beef jerky is a, is a, is a decent option, especially for active people, because the thing you get concerned about with beef jerky is sodium and for active people, sodium is not as big of an issue. You know, the one thing that I would say for you, Teresa, as you're kind of, you know, trying to figure this out a little bit, keep an eye on the scale. You know, I know a lot of you guys are probably, you know, for people that are just listening to this, that are not an Eat Before member, they don't know much about what we're doing at this point. You know, one of the things that people say a lot that I'm actually sort of against is the idea that, you know, don't weigh yourself, you know, and, and, and I know we all have, a, yeah, and we all have a complicated relationship with the scale, including myself, you know, I mean, you know, we, um, you have to sort of work through that, but really it's the expectation of what the scale says that actually ends up being the problem long-term. And so, you know, as an example, my wife, you know, does once a week, you know, and, and that works for her. For me, whenever I'm making a major dietary change, I want to know the scale, you know, because right. I want to know that, that what I'm doing is not negatively affecting me. Sarah mentioned earlier in one of the other questions, the gradually awesome approach and the gradually awesome approach is kind of similar to what all you guys are talking about, where you're using your recovery days or your rest days. You know, actually I do, you know, especially for somebody that's new, maybe they're kind of new to fitness. I like to see those people taking more rest days, even though it would have taken me a little bit longer. I would have held on to more muscle mm -hmm. if I had taken more rest days early on. And that is sort of a big regret for me. And it took me years to get that muscle back. Now, ultimately I, I was able to do it, but I cost myself a lot of metabolism at that point, you know, and you know, obviously that's a big part of what we're talking about. So yeah, I mean, you know, beef jerky, bars, protein, you could certainly do veggies, but I don't really like veggies around yeah, workouts. Like coconut date rolls are great for post-workout. Bananas, you know, bananas would be rice good. Rice Krispie treats. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Rice Krispie treats if you're somewhat flexible. Yeah. Um, let's see. Matt. Teresa, so those are all the questions that we have for now. So okay, class over. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. So, Seriously, please ask more questions. Yeah, yeah. They, um, no, I mean, like, uh, I think, you know, it, it sort of reminds me back to when I first started, because kind of what Tara was saying, and just to riff off of that a little bit, as people are kind of coming up with with new ideas, um you know, I did that, you know, I did kind of the, the, you know, lots of cardio at that point I was trying to, you know, kind of match my, the food that I was eating with the way that I was working out. Um, and one of the things that I don't think that people make the connection with me you know, there, there was a number of phases for me. There was definitely, 
the um, juicing phase where I started adding in grease, um, green juices for more micronutrients, not like not like detox juicing, but more like you know trying to get in more vitamins. Um, that one thing opened me up to having a palate for more vegetables. And then, you know, nowadays, you know, um, I mean, one of the problems with juicing the way that we did it, I mean, certainly you can do it where you blend it. Um, but, you know, the way that I was doing it was just flat out juicing um, using a slow juicer. I still have it. I mean, if you guys want to know, like, the absolute 1,000% truth, <laughs> if I had the time of the day to juice every single day, I'd still be doing it. It just took so much time, you know, and it was so yeah, they're messy. Ugh. Yeah, well, and and we had a slow juicer, so you know, you had like you know this whole process. It, I mean, it would take thirty to forty-five minutes. Now yeah. the juices would last for two, three days because it was a slow juicing process. Um, but you know, being someone, I think a lot of people that come to us really sort of struggle with like the convenient food part kind of similar to what Teresa was saying you know where Absolutely. hey look I'm I on only the run. I'm on yeah. the go I'm going yeah. from work I'm leaving the gym to go feed my kids yeah I mean I, I love yeah. our meal planning group I mean Stephanie and Sarah and those guys they all do a phenomenal job over there but ain't nobody got time for that shit some days you know yeah, what I'm saying totally. like and so if you don't have a plan for those days you'll end up struggling. And so for myself, you know, um, you know, I've talked about this a lot where, uh, you know, I, I use, you know, the like earthbound organic, like deep greens um, with like a, a balsamic. There's actually a, a really good balsamic um, at this local restaurant that we started buying that I really am enjoying. But, um, you know, I don't like, you know, having... 800 calorie salads, you know, right. um, and, and things of that nature. I mean, you want to make sure that, you know, if you make your salads to where you don't like the way that they taste, you're not going to eat a lot of salads, you know. Right. So, so definitely make that as enjoyable as you possibly can. The other thing I'll make an argument for you guys is that if you're not in the training and programming group and you're looking for training ideas, like this was a great idea, um, I think it was Teresa, Teresa M was talking about, um, you know, trying to come up with ideas. A lot of the things that we're talking about, don't look at it and go, oh, Paul's talking about doing strict push-ups. Think about how can I modify push-up towards my right. injuries or my ability. I think that would be important. Everything can be modified. So how about Teresa's asking your thoughts on quest bars? You know, I have a bunch of Quest Bars. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but they changed their formula like within the last four to six months. And actually, they've gotten a lot of really bad feedback from it. Hmm. I really like Quest Bars. I was a big fan of the peanut butter and jelly um, Quest Bars. And that was my go-to bar on the go. Um, right now I don't really have a go-to bar on the go because it, when they switched to the, the corn fiber, um, it really did change the flavor for me and I didn't, yeah. I don't like it near as much. Now I'll probably end up finishing off the ones that I have, but 
considering the fact that Quest is like considering going back to the old formula. It was sort of like an old Coke, new Coke thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I think they sort of learned their lesson. We did have, um, I don't know if you guys listened to the podcast we had with uh, um, John Meadows. And I'm trying to remember the 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 name of that podcast, but uh, it was it was uh, I can't remember what it was, but but he has a bar that's out right now, and I know Mike Nelson and Brad have both tried it, both like it, so that's something I am going to try. I like um, the tour bars. I know you can get them at Costco at the Vitamin Shop. You can order them online. They're um, are clean and they are um, GMO free blah you know blah blah they all say that stuff but they're like a Snickers bar yeah they're really really good yeah you sort of run into that a little bit and so you know you want your protein bars to have a fair amount of protein you know mm-hmm. and a lot of times like RX bars I love RX bars I love the no, I, that's not a protein bar yeah it's like it's got like seven grams of protein you know, right. it's like you could eat spinach and have seven grams of protein. Yeah. All right. You ready for yes. the next question? Okay. Colette is asking, I'm new to the program in week three. What is week three supposed to look like as far as results? Would I be seeing any results in body comp? How do I know I'm doing this right? LOL. I know everyone is different. I just don't know when I should be asking for help in the forums. Or if I need to be patient and wait until I hit my PDE and see what happens then. Like, as if a rainbow is going to come out. Yeah, right. I love that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it really is kind of like one of these things that, um, <laughs> you know, for people that don't know, because I don't think we've actually had this discussion, when you are a member of Eat to Perform, we have roughly, I think, 41 coaches that are in the forums and they're able to kind of answer your questions. And so what Colette is referring to is I don't know if I'm at the point where I can ask a question. So one of the things that we really try to focus people on is trying to stay weight stable. And if if you're not familiar with Eat to Perform, you know, and, and I, I feel a need to kind of qualify this stuff because there might be somebody listening who's never heard before. And so I hope it doesn't take too much time each time. But basically we try to figure out where you're at right now, right? And then we try to normalize your way of eating, right? And so a lot of times people don't realize that, you know, they've been under eating or in the the case of somebody that's overeating, we just kind of normalize thing and they lose fat right off the bat. A lot of people are finding out that actually they weren't eating their total daily energy expenditure. And as long as they're staying weight stable and you're adding food in the process, it's kind of, you know, I always say this in, in the seminars, um, in the live seminars that we do. We don't do a lot of them, so like don't email in because, you know, honestly, like um, I'd much rather we, we have eat before meetups. I did one in Chicago right after um, Christmas. I'm about to do one here in Colorado. I'd much rather meet with you guys and go on a hike. You know, I'd much rather like meet with you and and go have some pizza. You know, right? I mean, we need to make you. You need to make eat perform gyms, Paul. Well, maybe, but I mean, I, I think <laughs> I, I just I just prefer being active. You know, I prefer. Right. 
you know, I mean, we're we're obviously getting a lot of this kind of conversation out on the internet. You can listen to it, you can consume it, you can read our articles and stuff like that. Eat the performance about fun. Eat the performance about excitement. You know, and so in the live seminars, one of the things I always say is that you know, one, you're eating more, you're sleeping better, you know, your libido is up. You know, in some cases, people aren't losing hair. You know, I didn't realize what all those you know women losing hair conversations yeah. were, you know, and, and yeah. until I started piecing together, like, you know, when each of four members would say, wow, you know, my hair is thickening again, or my nails is thickening right. again. And so some of those things happen. So, so now all of a sudden, like, you know, you're not hangry, you know, <laughs> your, your relationship with food's better, your relationship with your family's better, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And you're not gaining weight. Well, those are all positive things. And one of the things that we've been talking a lot about, especially in the last two or three podcasts, is that the more you've been dieting in your life, the more recovery from dieting you need, right? And so if you're, you know, if you've given dieting, you know, years of your life, you know, give us a few months in that process. You know what I mean? Let's let's walk you through, you know, what leading a normal life, eating normal stuff, you know. Now, we don't want you, you know, like I said, you know, nobody's trying to get you to gain a bunch of weight, you know. That's the big fear, right? That's the thing that everybody's concerned about is that they're going to gain a bunch of weight in that process. But what we're really talking about is kind of changing your energy equation. And so, you know, like Mike said in the call the other night, he's like, you can't just like down two Domino's pizzas and all of a sudden your energy equation goes up and, and you'll end up losing right. weight. Certainly there are instances where, you know, it can kind of wake up a dormant um, metabolism. But in general, you want it to sort of slowly go with some level of cycling so you're kind of in a weight range, you know, if for, you know, we have pretty much all females on the call, you know, I got bad news for you guys. You kind of got the short end of the stick on that one. So like my range is usually about two to three pounds for a lot of females. It ends up being like three to five pounds. Um, and so I would keep that in mind as we're sort of making these changes but, you know, if you're coming from a background where you're eating, you know, maybe not even realizing how little you were eating, you know, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you start logging 2,200, 2,300 calories of food and you're not losing weight, enjoy that for a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And will you see body composition changes? Some do. Absolutely some do. You know, we have, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys probably see some of the pictures in, in the social groups that we have and stuff like that where people did see that. Usually the people that see the biggest results the quickest are the people that are sort of relatively lean already, right? So if they're 27%, they've been eating 1,200 calories for the last five years, now all of a sudden... They have a certain amount of athleticism. Their athleticism is getting better. And they move from, say, 27 to 22. Those people are going to see it big time. If you're, say, 42% body fat, you know what I mean, and you move to 37% body fat, 
you're probably not going to see that big of a difference. Now, there is an argument for taking pictures. I don't. I think the pictures, you know, as you sort of see people doing this stuff, um, the pictures tend to, you know, a lot of us don't see them and don't see the changes. Then all of a sudden you post the two pictures side by side and they're like, oh my goodness, woman, your, your delts are better. Your quads are better, yeah. you know, but like a lot of us, I mean, I'm, I'm like this. I'm sure Sarah's like this too. We're thinking to ourselves, look at the belly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not getting it. Yeah. Right. And so you're, you're getting all these improvements, but the area that you want to improve on the most is the area that you end up focusing on the most. And so kind of Same keep thing with measurements, I feel like as well. I think, you know, people get caught up in measurements. That's a, it's just, it's too tough this early to do that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, on the one hand, we want you guys to, to, to use data to kind of come mm -hmm. to some conclusions, but we don't want you becoming obsessed with data. I mean, like right. one of the things that we talk to a lot of people about as it relates to, you know, dieting culture is dieting culture basically resorts to rigid, 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 right? All the time. And the argument that we make is don't think of things in such a rigid way and ultimately you can become more, you know, um, rounded as a result. And so, you know, if you're looking and at... flexible. I mean, rounded and flexible. It allows you more freedom. Yeah. I mean... Let me make the argument against what Sarah just said, okay? Because and I, and I, and I, I think you'll see where I'm going to go with it. If I've been coming from like a really rigid background, okay, and I'm scared of gaining weight and I'm scared of eating foods and I'm scared of all this other type of stuff that everybody's come in. Somebody says to me, flexible, potentially gaining two pounds. All of a sudden, I freak out, right? I'm just trying to get you one step further. You know, kind of similar to what we talked about a little bit earlier. If we start to put volume first, you know, it's usually something a lot of people hadn't considered. Yeah, they considered moving, but they hadn't considered moving while eating an adequate amount of food. Typically, everyone wants to bite it off all at the same time. What I'm saying is when I first started off, you know, and this was this was the last time that ultimately I had sort of figured it out. And if you haven't been around, you know, I kind of consider like the eight to ten, you know, last eight to ten years is kind of my time period. And in that eight to ten years, there was a time where I wasn't eating an adequate amount and I wasn't moving. And I still consider that part as part of my journey because that part showed me what didn't work, right? So then I moved into higher volume where my training went up and I was just basically eating the same stuff, you know, eating for convenience, you know, a lot of, you know, for the most part, I, was, I didn't really make any changes at all in terms of what I ate. And I was eating spaghetti, I was eating, you know, drinking, <laughs> drinking, um, uh, drinking coffee with cream and sugar and bagel with cream and cheese. And, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, I was asking my body to do this really hard stuff. So I was, I was kind of hungry. So I was eating more of this like crappy food. Right. And magically, you know, there wasn't a lot of, lot of weight loss and there wasn't a lot of body recomposition. 
you know, I mean, if anything, I was eating more crappy food, right? And, and you know, I'm like, well, wait a second, you know, now I'm trying to kill myself. And then <laughs> wh why? For more spaghetti? Like, you know, like it was already kind of making me feel kind of yucky, right? Um, and, and I'm not making an argument. I mean, I still enjoy spaghetti to this day, you know, mm -hmm. but I enjoy it much more occasionally. And what I'm, what happened for me was that, and, and I always liked this idea a little bit. I mean, it wasn't really something that I'd heard of till probably maybe a year ago, but eat this, not that. And the idea of eat this, not that is that you would take, you know, some, 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 options like spaghetti and then you would turn that into like spaghetti squash bolognese right you know one of the things that i did like right off the bat that that when i started to switch things out a little bit and i realized that i liked spaghetti um and i <laughs> sort of missed that um and and I, what i realized that i, I missed was the bolognese and so what I did was, is I would just make batches of bolognese and then just not have the spaghetti part. So I would get, I'd be getting the protein, you know, I would be getting, you know, um, you know, the flavor that I was enjoying mm -hmm. and then, you know, kind of that allowed me to sort of change things. You know, one of the things that's really interesting about, you know, the way that I did things early on there wasn't a lot of counting for me, you know? Um, and in some ways that was good and, and in some ways that was bad. I think in the good way is I, I was already tuned into the fact that I needed to eat an adequate amount of food for what I do. And so, you know, I started getting into more, you know, meats and making sure protein was right and all of that was super positive. The negative was, is I didn't figure it out as quickly as I could have, right? You know, and, and having, you know, in some ways, you know, I had already figured out that the starvation thing just wasn't going to play in my world anymore. And, you know, eating at a slight deficit on occasion, not that big of a deal. Um, and that was certainly part of my journey, right? I mean, I've never once said that I never ate at a deficit. Clearly I did. You know, I was at 230 pounds, got down to 150 pounds at some point. But right. when you're eating at a deficit and you're eating 3,000 calories, right, you don't notice it. Right. <laughs> you know, so so work matters, you know. And That's my dream. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, you know, it no, really. It's my dream. It might be, you might think it's your dream. I'm going to tell you, it's a little bit your nightmare because it was sort of like what I talked about, you know, in both the cases of the really active people is that it becomes like this burden and you do end up getting kind of like these micro injuries and you do kind of end up get being, you're not a hundred percent a lot. You know, I, you know, you know, I've been talking a lot about the fact that my calories tend to be about 2,700 right now. And they used to be kind of 3,200, 3,500. I like them a lot more at 27 than 3,500 because the amount of work that I have to do at 3,500, right. you know. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the food, not the activity part. Right, that's, yeah. That's where well, my mind's going. 
Yeah, well, Italian girls thinking about pasta. Yeah, that, talking about it. That will that will unfortunately um, lead to fat storage over time when your yes. calorie balance is out of out of. Guess what? That's why of, we're piffling. <laughs> Right, right. Well, you know, that is, you know, we're, 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 we're all in that boat. I am actually, um, you know, I'm still on the fence on the, on the piffle thing. Um, oh, no. I am, I am trying to, um, adjust my volume up and, and do it mm-hmm. that way. And so we'll see how, but my weight is down a little bit, you know, I was down 1.2 this morning. So that was pretty good. So good. I, what, I'm hoping to do is just kind of match that that volume and and kind of let yeah. that be the lead. But for let's answer that last bit of your question, don't hesitate ever to ask questions in yeah. the forum. Twofold, do be patient, but also ask questions. Asking questions doesn't make you impatient. Well, you understand, you know, the process is good. And a lot of you guys might not. A lot of you guys might not realize this, but one, we have a coach's certification with Eat Perform. Every single coach with Eat Perform has gone through that coaching certification. When you're looking at Sarah, you're looking at someone who had success using Eat Perform, and every single coach is just like that. That's the way we, you know, we we started off initially. And we actually had some coaches that really weren't eat to perform. You know, they hadn't kind of, you know, gone through that process. This was really early on where we just didn't have a lot of people and we wanted to have positive role models. And those role models were, were good, but it wasn't like a great fit. And it, and it really, once we started to get eat to performers in the mix, it was like a really good fit, you know? Right. Um, and yeah. I won a body fat loss challenge. Yes. I was a year and a half ago. I won first place. Yeah. And I will tell you, it was integrating that gradually awesome process that Paul was talking about. Balancing out your, your lifting days, your workout days, and making sure you're getting adequate recovery days. Yeah. I mean, you know, for myself, you know, trying to, you know, when my weight was, you know, 175 to 178 you know a lot of that time you know i was able to do you know kind of you know uh, hike most days or walking most days you know gets to be winter in in minnesota all of a sudden you start to see the scale go up five pounds and so you know what i would rather do in my situation rather than starve myself you know, is go, well, what if I just started doing all those things again? Would that have a positive impact? And so far, it, it has. You know, now, once yeah. again, today's March 2nd. Yesterday was March 1st. You know, yesterday was really my first day kind of, you know, testing out that idea. Um, yeah. And, and it's also hibernation time, I feel like, you know. Well, for I, me, thinking, for yeah. me it, was, it was building. You know, I was really focused on building muscle. You know, I've been talking about that for months. You know, and really have been kind of doing that for almost a year. And even in Sarah's case where she's talking about doing performance-focused fat loss, you know, there would have still been kind of like the focus on hypertrophy where you're trying to keep, you know, earn a little bit more muscle, maybe keep a little bit more muscle in that process. Definitely. Yeah. 
All right. Well, it looks like the questions are kind of dying down. So I think you know we're getting close enough to that one hour mark. Well, we'll just shut it down. But I appreciate everybody. You know, I always love these classes because they end up asking the questions that I think most of the people listening want to hear. Right. Because we like to have advanced themes and those are those are really cool. And I think that you guys probably dig those podcasts as well, because, you know, we're bringing kind of some things that, you know, you might not. You know, right now, when you first start off, it's like, am I moving enough? Am I eating enough? Am I seeing a result? You know, but, you know, I want you guys to hear kind of both sides of things. But these are always the best classes, because mm-hmm. if you're new to eat to perform, your big thing is, you know, the questions that you guys are asking, you know, not, you know, hey, what do you think about leptin, right? <laughs> you know, right. those are kind of like the advanced ideas. So, Hey, uh, also that protein bar, John Meadows, his bar is actually called the um, Meadows Bar. I don't think it is. I think it's called the best, um, it's like. Best bar ever. Yeah, best bar ever. That's what it's called. Yeah, because yeah, this is what it, but it's, you know, talks about mountain dog yeah yeah i i I can't say that i can recommend it i i I honestly can't say that but i can say that mike and brad both have had it they've both liked it i can tell you that john is is you know top top man he's like the best of the best you know and so if he's recommending it and he's putting his name behind it i probably think it's pretty good so yeah i'm gonna try that too All right, guys, I appreciate everybody being here, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye now. Thank you.